Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast. It is your boy, Dr. Mark Bliss, coming at you with another episode today. But unlike a normal day where I'd uh, say, hey, um, let's look at the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox, you know that place that you can send me jokes or um, advertisements or uh, sponsorship opportunities, question mark, question mark. Um, I I, uh, I don't really have a joke to tell today. Instead, um, I, I bought... This is a big step for me, guys. I just want all my listeners to, to um, bask in this big step with me. I bought a Tesla. I mean, I, I love it. It's great. It's super fast. Um, uh, you know, it's it takes some getting used to. Um, but let me tell you what. Teslas do not have a new car smell. No, they have a very distinct Elon Musk. I actually did not buy a, I did not buy a Tesla, but that was a great joke. I love it. Okay, thanks. Uh, all right, we're going to start the episode. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced in my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back to the podcast, pod girls, pod boys, pod people. It is your pod doc, uh, Dr. Mark List, uh, your favorite podcasting host, your best friend, uh, your secret lover. Nope, uh, that was too far. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, a recent study. And, you know, you know, there, there's one thing you've learned to love by now about the Primary Care Podcast is that less is more. Um, I'm a nihilistic uh, medicine type of physician. Um, if my specialty wasn't family medicine, it would be nihilism. Um, and, and less is more. And today's a, a really great example of that. We've seen um, in the past year, the Infectious Disease Society of America has lowered their recommendation on many courses of antibiotics. They've reduced, they shortened the courses um, and, and said less is more. Uh, UTIs, community-acquired pneumonia for adults, um, strep throat, even we've, I, I did a podcast episode on even shorter courses of moxicillin at TID instead of BID is acceptable for treatment of streptococcal pharyngitis. So today's episode is specifically in pediatrics. And this is where the data has always been weakest. And um, I want to get a little bit in, into some background here in a little bit, but the study itself is uh, this month in JAMA, uh, second, uh, November 2nd of this year, so just about two weeks ago. The effect of amoxicillin dose and treatment duration on the need for antibiotic retreatment in children with community-acquired pneumonia, right? So how do we, these are kids that were in the emergency department uh, in observation and or discharge from a in, or discharged from the hospital with diagnosis of pneumonia. And there were a couple of uh, factors they had to have. They had to be on room air, for example. They couldn't have any hypoxia. And they had to have uh, some kind of confirmed uh, diagnosis of community-acquired pneumonia, whether that was chest X-ray finding um, or uh, based on the European Thoracic Society guideline definition of um, fever and cough and uh, abnormal lung findings. Um, there were there were several different variables to make the diagnosis, and these were all in kids, and so age six month and older, so six months to eighteen years, and this was uh, an international study. I believe this was China? Question mark? Nope. Uh, just kidding. Uh, that is the United Kingdom. That is not China at all. None of those names were Chinese. I don't know why I said that. Um, okay, so. When they looked at the trial, 
the great thing about this trial is that it is a two-by-two two comparison trial, a multi-center randomized two-by-two two factorial non-inferiority non-inferiority trial. So what they did is a two-by-two, two, they had two different comparison groups and kind of compared them in, in all different ways, right? So the first group were kids that were diagnosed with pneumonia and they were given three days of low-dose amoxicillin. What is low-dose? Uh, 30 to 50 milligrams per kilogram per day, right? So that's like strep throat dosing um, and split however they physicians wanted to. But 35 to 50 is a pretty low dose. Um, and again, so they either put them in the low-dose and did three days or did low-dose and do seven days. Alternatively, they could also be randomized into three days of higher dose, and higher dose was defined as 70 to 90 milligrams per kilogram per day, 90 milligrams per, kilo, 90 milligrams per kilogram per day being um, high dose for pneumonia, uh, also used oftentimes for otitis or sinusitis in kids um, for amoxicillin, and uh, again, uh, randomized into a shorter three-day or seven-day longer dose, um, longer duration. And so you had Low dose, high dose, short duration, long duration, short duration, long duration. Those are the four groups. And they looked at the primary outcome was the need for retreatment, a.k.a. treatment failure. The kid did not get better and so needed another antibiotic, uh, was admitted, um, had severe disease, etc. And then secondary outcomes were basically uh, severity and duration of symptoms based on a parent-reported scale, um, antibiotic-associated uh, adverse events um, associated with antibiotic use, um, and then any resistance in colonizing strep pneumo isolates that were resistant to it. And what was really fascinating, and, and we're going to talk about why this probably isn't surprising based on other studies I've read, and that is that it didn't matter. Which is crazy, right? Because historically, it's always been recommended for kids to take seven days of antibiotics. Make sure you take all your dose and go through the whole thing. Don't stop early or you're going to get resistant bugs, etc. Um, going to have treatment failure. And in general, it literally didn't matter. The treatment failure occurred in 12.6% in the low dose versus 12.4% in the higher dose. In the three-day treatment, it was 12.5%. In the seven-day treatment, it was 12.5%. Didn't matter. 12.5% in literally all four groups, basically. And um, of the endpoints, right, the secondary, the secondary endpoints we talked about, the only differences were cough duration. If you use three days of antibiotics, the kids cough for 12 days. Again, not sick, but just coughed for 12 days versus seven-day course coughed for 10 days. So you saved two days of coughing. whoopity do, Basil. Um, sleep disturbances by cough was four days versus four days. <laughs> okay? So again, didn't matter at all for sleep disturbances, but just had a cough for two extra days. Um, even with severe uh, community-acquired pneumonia, the hospitalized kids, um, in the low-dose you had 17.3% of lower dose uh, kids were failed versus 13% of higher dose recipients. So that was not statistically significant, but really the only finding that if kids were hospitalized and sent home, they had severe community acquired pneumonia, severe symptoms, um, and there's a whole list of what they graded on, but basically the kids that were hospitalized, um, 
there was a slightly higher percentage of those kids had to be retreated um, and so had treatment failure, but wasn't statistically significant, was non-inferior to the um, to the higher dose, okay? So, and, and, and so that was high versus low dose. There's a slight change. Um, and with uh, three-day versus seven-day, there was about a 1% difference, but again, not significant and not no clinical difference, even in the, the severest and sickest of kids. So what does this tell me first? We're going to talk about this. What does this tell me first? The study uh, was really well done. It's uh, the, the critiques, right? You can treat that critique that there was only 824 kids. So split four ways, it's only 200 kids in each group. So it's a smaller scale study. Researching kids is hard, um, especially with community-acquired pneumonia, uh, when we have, quote unquote, you know, guideline-based treatments, right? Challenging that dogma of seven days of high dose, um, it, it's hard to do. It's hard to get that IRB approved. It's hard to get buy-in. It's hard to get um, parents willing to, to, to be in a clinical study for this. But clearly the data shows it doesn't matter. Um, this tells me, uh, again, and, and why is this, why, why is this a thing? Well, we've seen this with other antibiotic, um, duration studies where, um, if it's well done and there's, and there's good, uh, follow-up and there's good, um, treatment and people are taking the medications that, you know, some antibiotics are probably better than absolutely nuking it. And, you know, most people have healthy immune systems that if you give them a nudge in the right direction, their immune systems then will take over and will stem the tide and turn it around, right? Because people have natural immunity that helps to fight off infections. People didn't just all die of pneumonia as kids when they were uh, before the days of antibiotics, but a lot did, right? So not saying we shouldn't use antibiotics for community acquired pneumonia, but maybe we don't need to go as long, right? This data clearly shows this. And by the way, this is not the first study that shows that, that, that shortening the course. Um, there's another study earlier this year that I saw back in February or March that in kids in community-acquired pneumonia, that five-day course compared to 10-day course was non-inferior. That lower dose, 50 milligrams, was non-inferior to 90 milligrams per kilogram. So there were there were a couple of different studies from earlier this year that also said that, right? Um, number two take-home for me is, so number one take-home is, yeah, you can easily uh, talk to parents about shorter courses for kids and lower doses for kids, right? That also helps them tolerate it better with lower doses and get shorter. You're more likely to get buy-in from parents. Um, and, and so again, I think I think all all positive things and, and anybody who's had kids knows, man, getting your little um, germ factories to take those antibiotic doses is miserable. So to be able to shave four days off, whew, quality of life. Uh, I know they didn't, they didn't study that, but parental quality of life and kid quality of life, amazing, right? What does this also tell me? It tells me that a lot of community-acquired pneumonias are viral, right? I mean, if, if literally it doesn't matter how long or what dose we use, there's a good chance, number one, you can just use a little bit and the immune system kicks in. But number two is a lot of these are viral, and right, we know that, right? You can't differentiate. Uh, this study didn't differentiate viral versus bacterial pneumonias, right? Chest x-ray findings, uh, um, fever, cough with, uh, with lung findings as well. So there wasn't a whole lot of discrepancy. So when do we use antibiotics in kids in the clinic, right? When they have an abnormal chest x-ray or they've got crappy sounding lungs with fever and they look sick and they have, you know, clear lung findings and they're coughing, they got fever and they have something on chest x-ray, just like in the study, we're going to treat them with antibiotics probably, right? Um, especially with x-ray findings like was in the study. So my point is that this was, these were in kids that were sick enough to go to the ER. These were kids that were sick enough to be admitted. And from an outpatient standpoint, I'm going to be really very, it's very safe for me to change my practice and do this. So this is a practice change and study for me. Um, next point I have, I forgot what number I'm on. I think I'm on point number three. And that is the education to parents is the most important thing. Not the duration, not the, not the dose, but the 
if your kid's not getting better, if there's some, if you feel like you know they they are still coughing for too long, if you feel like this is not enough, let me know. It didn't matter what, how long you gave them the medicine for, right? Oh, and by the way, in the short course, the extra, the last four days, because it was randomized, it was blinded, right? Um, in those last four days, so they got antibiotics for three days and they got placebo for four days, okay? Um, so they, the kids still had to take something. So there may have been some placebo effect uh, with that as well. But in, in real clinical practice, you basically say about one out of eight kids is going to need uh, a second dose of antibiotics, right? Oh, hey, hold on. Let me get my calculator and make sure I'm not lying. I believe that's one out of eight. Um, yes, uh, 12.5% is uh, one out of eight. Oof, oof, American maths. Um, but yeah, so clearly one out of eight kids that gets on an antibiotic for community-acquired pneumonia, no matter how long, no matter for whatever reason, is going to need retreatment with a second antibiotic or a second course of an antibiotic, right? So I, I think this just gives me a lot of value and a lot of talking points to bring to parents and say, hey, we can do a low dose. We can just do it for three days. It's going to work for seven out of eight kids, but there's always going to be one kid, no matter how long I give it for, they're either going to have resistant organisms um, or, you know, amoxicillin's just not going to be the drug of choice or for whatever reason, their disease is more severe as we've seen and, you know, uh, more likely to uh, maybe need a second dose or a second course. But I think this this allows for, um, a lot less antibiotics be used to feel very safe doing a shorter course. It's absolutely gonna change the way I talk to my patients. It's absolutely gonna affect um, what I prescribe and how long I prescribe meds for. Um, I'll probably dictate in my plan, like uh, based on recent research, we we decided with shared decision-making to go to three-day course because people are otherwise looking at me funny saying, three days for pneumonia, are you crazy? But the data is really good here. Um, and this was JAMA and JAMA normally sucks for primary care. Normally it's all the specialty stuff and I never ta- have anything good to say about JAMA. Um, this was one of the rare cases where it was a good study from JAMA. Um, so uh, my last talking point is, this is something that I've thought about for a long time. And a lot of the dogma that I learned in medical school, not only in my pediatric rotation for shelf rotations based on old guidelines, based on, um, right, 12 years ago when I was a, uh, oh, wait, even longer than that, uh, when I was 14 years ago, right, when I was a first-year med student, I was rounding with uh, with my preceptor for the first time. And I'd hear him tell stories and I'd hear him, pres- hear him work with patients and see him prescribe medicine and see him treat these things. Um, I, I never really questioned um, things, right? Because, you know, you're a student, you're learning, your attendings are teaching you how they practice and it's and it's good to kind of get that their experience under your belt. So it, it, it speeds up your development and, your, and then you, you know, read textbooks and, you know, uh, clarify things. And these are things where I've always just accepted the dogma of like, oh, sure, 10 days of antibiotics for this, seven days for this. Uh, make sure, you know, you get the lecture on the parents. Make sure that kid, you they call your doses. That way you don't get resistant bugs and it comes back and we have to do something different, right? And in reality, what drives resistance, right? It's not not finishing an antibiotic course because, you know, your body's immune system is going to help you fight it off if you kind of get it over the top. Um, sometimes you have to go longer for really, um, resistant infections. Sometimes, uh, with really difficult infections like cellulitis, the course goes longer, depends on where the tissue is. But oftentimes that dogma wasn't necessarily backed in evidence. It was just based on anecdotal experiences of physicians in the hospital. Um, and then kind of led to this. I I don't remember ever seeing a study ever in my whole career where, you know, a 10 day course for pneumonia 
was the gold standard, right? Or, or it was it was non-inferior or, or superior, right? And so I think a lot of the classical dogma stuff is really changing, especially about antibiotic use and duration and dosages. And I think all for the better. I think this is all going to benefit patients. It's going to benefit antibiotic resistance. It's going to benefit antibiotic side effects. And as long as it doesn't hurt patient care, um, I think we're all winning from this. So I think it's okay to challenge dogma. I think it's okay to... Um, to modify practice if the data supports it. Um, this is not the first study in this regard. This is a big name journal. Um, it's not a big enough study that it's gonna change guidelines necessarily, but it's one more building block on the way to building this road of shorter courses for kids. Um, and I think we're gonna get there. Um, I mentioned to my partners, we we're having a conversation about um, how long do we treat antibiotics for in kids? We're looking at guidelines based on kids. And again, I think some of the, the youngest kid data is still outdated. Um, I think a lot of uh, I, I think a lot of it's just based on lack of good evidence and lack of good research um, for non-inferiority trials. So um, hopefully this was helpful for you. It was really helpful to me. It will be practice changing for me. Maybe it will be for you. Maybe it's just good peace of mind. Um, it's definitely going to be. It's definitely going to be good way that I talk to parents about pediatric pneumonia and the fact that seven eight out of eight are going to get better and there's just going to be one out of eight that we're going to have to have follow up on. Um, and it could be their kid. And it could not be. Um, I think it's going to help me with my education pieces and hopefully it was helpful for you. So this has been Dr. Markless with Primary Care Podcast uh, signing off for the week. Uh, thanks. Uh, God bless you. Have a great week.